Hello, I'm Nujdat Saturyan. And I'm Arman Galistian. And welcome to the Week in Review for the week of August 26. In the news, the villages of Aravno, Berzorg, and Sus were handed to Azerbaijan. A temporary road linking Armenia and Artsakh to be used starting September 1st. Pashinyan and Aliyev to meet in Brussels on August 31st. Yesterday, August 25th was the deadline for Armenians to leave the villages of Aravno, Berzor, and Sus, handing the Lachin corridor over to the Azerbaijani side. Starting on September 1st, the connection between Armenia and Artsakh will be secured through a new 32-kilometer road built by Azerbaijan. On the Armenian side, the road connecting to the road built by the Azerbaijani side will be ready in May of the next year. Until then, a 4.7-kilometer dirt road passing through the Kornizor will be used. Today, Azerbaijan's president Ilham Aliyev announced that the Azerbaijani army has already been deployed in Berzorg, Aravno, and Sus. On August 1st to 3rd, Azerbaijan violated the ceasefire regime on the line of contact with Artsakh, leaving two Armenian soldiers dead and 19 wounded. Following the clashes, the residents of Aravno were informed that they will have to leave the village by August 25th. Two days prior to the handoff of Aravno, Representatives of Artsakh's parliamentary forces met with the leadership of the Russian peacekeeping contingent to discuss the escalation of the beginning of August, as well as recent statements by a Russian embassy representative, who announced last week that the Russian peacekeepers would not be deployed until the alternative road to the Lachin Corridor was built. The leadership of the Russian peacekeeping mission assured the parliamentary forces that the new road will also operate as a corridor and all security measures will be in place including the 5-kilometer security zone and the Russian peacekeepers. Also, yesterday the Artsakh government confirmed reports that the Azerbaijani government representatives and Artsakh officials visited the Sarsang Reservoir in the north of Artsakh in order to resolve ongoing water distribution issues. The Artsakh government, in a statement, said the two sides, with mediation by Russian peacekeepers, have been in contact regarding water management issues since the end of the 2020 Artsakh war. While the reservoir is in territory controlled by Artsakh, much of the irrigation and portable water distribution systems are in areas now controlled by Azerbaijan. Following a meeting between Armenia's Security Council Secretary, Armen Grigorian, and the assistant to Azerbaijan's president, Hikmet Hajiev, facilitated by the EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Toivoy Klar, it was announced that Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev, and the President of the European Council, Charles Michel, will meet in Brussels on August 31st. And on August 30th, the border commissions of Armenia and Azerbaijan will also meet in Moscow. The Armenian Border Demarcation and Delimitation Commissions is headed by Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigoryan. This will be the second meeting between the Armenian and Azerbaijani border commissions. The first one took place on May 24th. This week, the U.S. appointed Ambassador Philip Reeker as Senior Advisor for Caucasus Negotiations. Reeker will also serve as the new U.S. Co-Chair to the OSCE Minsk Group and Lead Negotiator for the U.S. Delegation to the Geneva International Discussions, international talks addressing the results of the 2008 Russo-Georgian War. A press release issued by the U.S. State Department notes that Ambassador Reeker brings extensive experience in Europe and international organizations, having served at the U.S. Embassy in the United Kingdom as Charge d'Affaires, as Acting Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, as Civilian Deputy and Policy Advisor to the Commander of U.S. European Command in Stuttgart, and in several other positions. According to the press release, the United States is committed to helping Armenia and Azerbaijan negotiate a long-term political settlement to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. In response to the statement issued by the U.S. State Department, 
Azerbaijan's foreign ministry claimed that any efforts to reanimate the Minsk group will not help in the Armenian-Azerbaijani dialogue, as the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict has already been settled. Vedant Patel, principal deputy spokesperson at the Bureau of Global Public Affairs, responded by saying that the United States is committed to facilitating direct dialogue between Armenia and Azerbaijan to move toward a comprehensive peace agreement. The Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry, Vahan Hunanyan, on his turn stated that the OSCE Minsk Group has an international mandate to contribute to a comprehensive and lasting settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, adding that mandate has not been cancelled by anyone. And on August 24, Ararat Mirzoyan held a phone conversation with his French counterpart, Catherine Colonna. The ministers discussed issues of regional security and stability. Minister Mirzoyan presented to his colleague the position of the Armenian side regarding the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, the normalizations of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the establishment of peace in the region. According to a statement issued by the French Foreign Ministry, France has been following the evolving situation around Nagorno-Karabakh very closely. Kelowna called for all of the issues associated with and resulting from the conflict to be resolved by negotiations alone and emphasized that France will continue to actively contribute to this effort including within the Minsk group. The French foreign minister also called for the parties to come to an agreement on the new route along the Lachin Corridor in order to maintain communications between Nagorno-Karabakh and Armenia, in accordance with the commitments made in the November 9, 2020 tripartite statement. On August 19th, European Court of Human Rights replied to an appeal submitted by the Armenian government asking the court to apply an interim measure against Azerbaijan for the protection of rights of the civilians of several communities of Artsakh. The European Court of Human Rights reaffirmed that the interim measure applied on September 29 and later enhanced on November 3, 2020, is still in force. The court called on all the parties involved to comply fully with their engagements under the convention and to refrain from such actions that may lead to the violation of the rights of the civilian population guaranteed under Articles 2, 3, and 8 of the European Convention on Human Rights. It also stated that its decision of September 29, 2020, which is still in force, covers the incidents indicated by the Armenian government in the request. That is, the Azerbaijani armed attacks towards the peaceful communities and the threat to displace the population of Berzor and Alavna. On August 18th, Azerbaijan had also appealed to the ECHR, asking the court to compel Armenia to hinder Armenians from damaging property in Berzor and surrounding communities. Four days later, the court refused Azerbaijan's appeal, stating that there was no need to apply a new interim measure. On August 24th, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan held a phone conversation with Russia's President Vladimir Putin. According to Pashinyan's press office, the two leaders continued discussions on the situation around Nagorno-Karabakh. The importance of the implementation of the trilateral agreements of November 9, 2020, January 11, and November 26, 2021 was reaffirmed. The sides also exchanged views on issues related to further development of allied and strategic relations between Armenia and Russia. And yesterday, Pashinyan met with his Russian counterpart, Mikhail Mushutsin, in Kyrgyzstan during the regular session of the Eurasian Intergovernmental Council. Bilateral issues as well as cooperation with, within the Eurasian Economic Union was discussed by the prime ministers. Within the framework of this trip, Pashinyan also met with the president of Kyrgyzstan. Also yesterday... Vahan Hunanyan told Azatuchun that Armenia's foreign ministry had responded to the note of protest issued by the Russian embassy in Yegevan in connection with rumors on Armenian social media that Russia was responsible for the blasts in Surmalu market. 
Hunanyan did not reveal the context of the reply, saying that it would not be correct to publicize it as it was part of diplomatic correspondence between the ministry and the embassy. In local news, yesterday an explosion took place at a workshop in Stepanakert producing oxygen equipment. There were no casualties. As a result of a criminal case launched in connection with the blast, four citizens of Artsakh have been detained. This week, search operations were concluded in the Surmalu market, where a blast on August 14th left 16 dead. The Ministry of Emergency Situations decided to terminate the search operations while one person was still missing. The ministry assumed that the body of the missing person burned into ashes. Additionally, today, four individuals were detained in connection with the blast, two of whom have been charged with breaching fire safety regulations, while the other two were charged with negligence leading to depriving the lives of two or more people. The Prosecutor General and the Investigative Committee have not released the names of those charged. On August 24, Ministry of Economy Vahan Keropian told reporters that the government will not compensate the businesses which suffered as a result of the blast as they did not have insurance for their properties. On August 23, former Chief of Staff of the Constitutional Court Edgar Razarian, who created the Independence Movement Initiative, staged a protest rally in Republic Square, demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Nicole Pashinyan. Razarian announced that he did not intend to do any civil disobedience acts, that he would achieve Pashinyan's resignation with the help of the parliamentarians. He also stated that he would call for another rally only in the courtyard of the parliament building to discuss the new candidate for prime minister. In the meantime, he would wait for the parliament members to announce non-confidence to Pashinyan. It is estimated that over 2,400 people participated in the rally. Members of the Republican Party of Armenia as well as the ARF are present at the rally. As a reminder, from mid-April to mid-June this year, the Armenia and I Have Honor Opposition Alliances staged civil disobedience acts and daily protest rallies in Yerevan, demanding the resignation of Pashinyan. In July, the opposition parliamentarians announced that they would return to parliament with their own agenda, without revealing what that agenda was. Also this week, Armenian police dispersed a demonstration organized against Russia's invasion of Ukraine by mainly Russian expats who had relocated to Armenia in the aftermath of the war. The police detained 22 people, all of whom were later released. According to a statement issued by the police, the protesters were detained for defying police orders. It was not specified what those orders were. Civil society in Armenia condemned the police action. In a joint statement issued by several organizations, they announced that human rights, freedom of assembly, and freedom of speech should have the highest value in Armenia. They also demanded that the police make a public statement as to why the demonstration was dispersed. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, similar small-scale demonstrations have taken place in Yerevan without triggering police action. Armenia's Ministry of Defense drafted a new bill proposing to limit mandatory military service to four and a half months in exchange for a fee of 24 million Armenian dirhams, around 60,000 U.S. dollars. An explanatory note attached to the bill says that proceeds from the new law would be used for sharply increasing the wages of the Armenian army's contract soldiers, also making volunteer military service more attractive to other citizens. The opposition has strongly condemned the new proposal, warning of the emergence of a new social division, as only the wealthy would be able to pay the fee and the poor would have to serve. The bill has to be approved by the government before it can be sent to Parliament. During this week's cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Pashinyan revealed that in March the government had been donated another 6.8% of the shares of the Zangezur copper molybdenum plant, making the total government share in the plant a little over 21%. The government had acquired the other 15% last year. Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan revealed that the firm called AMP Holding secretly donated its 6.8% stake in March of this year. 
Pashinyan said that at the time, AMP asked the government not to publicize the transfer because of commercial issues. He did not shed light on those issues or give a reason for the hefty donation. Pashinyan also announced that the government shares in the Zangezer plant will be managed by the Armenian National Investment Fund. This is the kind of week we had in Armenia. Thanks for listening. 